So I'd like to call now uh, Pete Light uh, to come and share the word of God to us. And Morning, church. Fasten your seatbelts. You're ready to fly. Ready for takeoff. Good. It's been a very interesting service so far. Yeah? It's great when God breaks into our routine and we have different things happening. And uh, I just want to encourage you this morning that these are very exciting days. They're very challenging days. Um, God is shaking everything. And, uh, but they're also days when God is preparing his church. And uh, with the world in crisis, we need to upgrade our faith. Because we're going to need to be on a new level of faith to combat what the enemy wants to try and discourage us with. When we align ourselves to God's word um, in the Bible, our faith and our actions then become something that he can use to actually protect us and lead us into his kingdom. We want to live in the realm of victory because God's promises are ours. Um, there is a battle going on. We need to see that there's a battle between the uncertainty of the flesh and what the devil was trying to bring. He's trying to bring worry and anxiety. You look around the world right now, even at Christmas time with the economic stuff going on, there's a lot of anxiety and worry around. People are concerned about the future. And uh, God wants to counter that so that we actually uh, begin to live in the spirit, not in the flesh. And so there's this conflict going on all the time. And our scripture today, it comes from uh, probably the most exciting teachings of Jesus or the most compact, concise teachings of Jesus we can see in the Bible. That's the Sermon on the Mount, as it's called. And you'll find it in Matthew 5 through to 7. Read it because it challenges the lukewarm Christianity that's around. It challenges our values. It challenges everything we're about with our Christian life. It's a very challenging passage, but if we can align ourselves to it, something will break in our spirit and in our heart. So go and look at it. It's uh, worth reading and studying. Our sharing today particularly is about the battle between worry and anxiety. 
between worry and anxiety of a self-centered life and a life motivated by God, free from those things, believing God's promises, living in peace, joy, and righteousness. So we're contrasting the two. And the scripture we're going to read, particularly this morning, is a kind of battle in itself between those two things. You'll find it in Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34, and Leslie's going to read it to us this morning. It's taken from uh, a new translation by, not a new translation, but a translation by Colin Urquhart. It's called The Truth, by the way. So I tell you clearly, do not worry about any aspect of your life, what you should eat or drink, or what you should wear on your body. There are far more important things in life than food, and there are many more important things about you than what clothes you wear. Think of the birds you see flying around. They neither sow nor reap, nor do they store food away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father supplies food for them. Do you not consider yourself more valuable than the birds? And who can add anything positive to his life through worrying? So why worry about your clothes? Look how beautiful the lilies in the field are. They neither work nor weave to make themselves appear so good. And yet I tell you clearly that even Solomon in his most glorious apparel could not match these lilies for beauty. So if this is the way in which God dresses what grows naturally in the fields, things that are here today and tomorrow are thrown away and burned, will he not make sure that you are well clothed? How weak your faith is. Therefore, do not worry by saying, what shall we eat? Or what have we to drink? Or what can we wear? The pagans are concerned about such things. But your heavenly Father is well aware of everything you need. Let the kingdom of heaven and living in a right relationship with God be your priorities. Then everything else you need will be given to you as well. So do not worry about what will happen tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. You have enough to think about today. And that is true for every day. Isn't that relevant for where we are today? So let's deal with worry and anxiety. I want to change completely the word worry. Okay? Because when things happen to us, 
disasters come into our lives, unexpected things happen, um, sicknesses, ill health, uh, problems with finance. It's, it's natural for us to be concerned. Amen? Um, what we do with that concern is the key. Okay, so I want to replace worry with concern. If you're a Christian, you don't worry. Okay, but you can be concerned. If you're concerned, you take it to him. But what so often happens is the enemy comes in and uses worry and anxiety to strangle your life. And to stop you from functioning. Isn't that true? The whole uh, concept of every day is taken over if you're worrying all the time about different issues. This word worry comes from an old German word meaning to struggle or choke. In the Christian context, it causes mental and emotional strongholds which cripple us from moving into all that God has for us. That's why it's so important we don't let worry take over our lives. Because when we start worrying, it grips us, and we can worry uh, almost all day about the same issue. But if we take every thought captive as it comes, Yeah, be concerned. Take every thought captive. Give it to God. Something happens. See, worry and faith cannot coexist. And I want to say quite clearly today, worry is sin. Because it discounts and rejects the promises and the providence of God. Concern's okay, but worry sin. Because you're not believing what God has said. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Worry is irrelevant because it does not change anything. It just harms you. You can't change anything by worrying. Worry is irresponsible because it burns up your spiritual energy leaving us in unbelief and drains our spiritual vision. Worry is unreasonable to us as Christians and people of faith. We cannot live in the realms of unbelief. Okay? So get rid of worry. Yeah? Amen? It will change your life. And so many people in this world right now are in this stranglehold and we need to break it. 
See, God wants us to live worry-free lives because he never worries. And we're made in his image. Amen? He doesn't worry, so we don't worry. Live by faith in the Spirit and claim his promises as your own. See and live life with God's perspective. We are meant to enjoy our walk of faith with God in control. So let's look at that key verse. That's verse 33 of uh, what we've read or worried. Or, or seen already. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what does it say? Everything else, the clothes, the food, the things in life will be added to you because the promises of God to you are true. Hallelujah. That's the most powerful verse, or one of the most powerful verses in the whole Bible. And we need to claim it. Two words, key words here. Note the word seek and the word first. Seek means to actively seek the kingdom. Not just kind of acknowledge it's there, the kingdom of God, yeah, I've heard about that. But we need to be seeking the ways of God. We need to be seeking to have God come into our lives in our values, in the way that we live. It's an active thing. We need to change our lifestyle to match up to his. It's going after wholeheartedly what is the most important things in life. Yeah? That's seeking. First means simply this. To place something first, it must be first in time and number, in rank and value, and taking precedence and priority over everything else. So we seek first his kingdom. Amen? Challenging. And that's what we're going to look at. There are lots of things we can think about when we think about seeking God. What does it mean? I've come up with just a few to help you this morning. Seeking first the kingdom is giving God the highest place. Question this morning, is God number one in your heart? Good question. We need to dethrone anything that stands between us and God. Idols have to go. Amen? In the Old Testament, the high places were occupied by many gods and idols. And um, in Judges particularly, whenever there was a righteous king, the first thing they 
to, to, was to remove the idols. And when they removed the idols, then the people of God came into blessing. Wow, what a surprise. And so we need to dethrone anything in your life that gets in the way of God being number one. And call them what they are. They're idols. They're not necessarily sin, but they're things that take the place of God in your heart. Good to think about those things. The kingdom is about righteousness. We need to restore the Lord to the highest place in our lives. Then the blessings of God will rule and reign over our lives, marriages, children, finance, health, relationships. Idols that rob God of the first place in our hearts can be things like self-ambition, wealth, possessions, relationships. These all need to take second place to the King of Kings. Yeah? That's the first thing. Get rid of the idols. Who's number one? Secondly, um, you need to seek first the kingdom of God by following, uh, making God number one uh, in our lives. Making him the number one in our lives in a special way. And we need to understand what that is in everything that we do. Number two is seeking first the kingdom is being hungry and thirsty for his presence. We seek after a real close relationship with him, with spiritual disciplines of prayer, reading the word. You can spend time in his presence every day. That's how you build that hunger and thirst for him. And that will put you into the place of seeking God in a fresh way. We need to know what the word says. Because the word we can then do and it brings blessing to our lives. We need to nurture an uh, an appetite for spiritual things. I've got a healthy appetite. Okay? I've taken a few pounds off actually this week which is good. But my appetite for God needs to be more. All of us need to have that appetite for him and spiritual things. Be wholly devoted to the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Let them captivate our hearts afresh. Let's return to our first love. We need one another to make this happen. Amen? That's why meeting together is a priority. It must be. I love church. 
There's nothing that would keep me away from church on a Sunday. Nothing. Because I know if I come to this place, God is here. There's a possibility he might speak to me. There's a possibility my life might be changed forever. There's a possibility I can speak into someone else's life. And there's always a probability I will go about out better than when I came in. Amen? It's important we come together because there's life in the body. Yeah? That's how we seek him, by encouraging one another in a special way. So we need one another. Corporate unity will draw the presence of God as well as worshipping together. Listen to this. A heart that hungers and thirsts for his presence is ready for every challenge and will respond in faith to any kind of setback, temptation or trial. Amen. If you're hungering after God and you're in that place, then nothing can come against you that God cannot deal with. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Good place to be in. Number three, seeking first the kingdom of God is following and honouring Jesus in all things. Do you remember those bracelets we used to wear? What would Jesus do? That's not a bad kind of phrase. Being aware of what Jesus would do or say in any given situation. Whatever situation you face, first thought, what would Jesus do here? And then listen, and he'll show you. Simples. Yeah? Well, it may not be that simple. But we need to acknowledge, we need to put him in the place where we honour him and the things he stands for. Putting Jesus first and at the centre of our values, choices, gifts, capabilities and performance. See, if we yoke ourselves together with him, the task of becoming more like him becomes easier. Because if we get close to him and we yoke ourselves to him, then we naturally become more like him. We become uh, moving in the gifts, in the, sorry, the fruits of the spirit. Number four, seeking first the kingdom of God is making God the priority of life and removing clutter. I would suggest this is the most difficult and commonest thing that we need to look at if we're going to put God first in our lives. Clutter is anything that crowds out the kingdom and limits your effectiveness and your calling. 
It's essential. It's essentially the wise use of time resources. Yeah? We all complain that we're busy. We're all probably more busy than we should be. And what gets crowded out when we get busy? Busy. So often it's our quiet time. It's our sense of rest and peace. It's our waiting on him. And so we need to take a, a fresh look at what we spend our time doing. And none of those things are wrong. It's a matter of balance. So where, where you put your priority in those things. These things are not necessarily bad, but can steal our God time. Things like thoughts, relationships, activities, work, TV. See, there's a danger with me anyway that I can watch more TV than I spend time in prayer. That's a challenge to me. Those of you with kids, the challenge is probably activities. You're a glorified taxi service. And all of your time is taken up by running kids here, getting involved in clubs and activities. Sometimes we need to say no. Sometimes our kids need to learn reality. And they need to know we can't do everything. Because if you're running around like that, you just get tired. Let me give you uh, a bit of advice. When I've given God first in my time, guess what? A miracle happens. I find time for everything else. It's amazing. You think, oh, I haven't got time to go to church today. Or I haven't got time to go to prayer meeting. If you put those things first, you have plenty of time. That's the way it works. Yeah? And so we need to look at those things, the priorities of our lives. All of us need the wisdom to say no. Some people are always asking us to do things, aren't they? Yeah? Sometimes you've got to say no. Because it will use up your God time. Let's get these priorities sorted and live our lives in a different way. When lives are aligned to the kingdom, we are no longer exploited or sidetracked by the expectation of others. Jesus is a good shepherd, but he's also your boss, your manager, and your king. Amen. So every day I pray this prayer. What have you got for me today? What is your priority in my life? I, I know I've got all these things in the diary, but what is your priority?
It will change your life if you live by his priorities. Amen? And lastly, uh, seeking first the kingdom is submitting completely to the Holy Spirit. Obviously, why? Because uh, when we're baptized in the Spirit, and we receive the Holy Spirit, he's the one who walks closely with us by day by day. He's the one who speaks these things into our lives. He's the one who uh, points out sin and, and brings conviction to us so that we can repent and we can change. So we need to be obedient to his voice. See, if we say no to the Holy Spirit and you end up out of God's will, you start feeling guilty, yeah? And then guilt in itself is a stronghold. But if you listen to the Holy Spirit and he convicts you and you repent and you change, you're free. You're free to live again. And so, get these things sorted. Holy Spirit's there to help you into righteousness, to get rid of those things that we need to get rid of. He empowers us with the supernatural gifts of the Spirit and builds us in the fruits of the Spirit. We need to be completely obedient to his voice. He leads us into righteousness by making us aware of sin and our mistakes so that our consciences become sensitive to what's right and what's wrong. He leads us into repentance and freedom as he shows us these things. Now, you may be sat there today saying, well, this is a tough order, seeking first the kingdom. You know, it's impossible. I can't change my life to that extent. Go back to Matthew 5 to 7 and see what Jesus' view of Christianity is. That will challenge you. This verse challenges us. But I want to encourage you here. See, you may be convicted this morning that, hey, I'm not living up to this. But God doesn't want to bring you into condemnation. And this is another thing you need to learn. You need to learn the difference between condemnation, which is from the enemy. The enemy comes to condemn you. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. You can't do these things. They're impossible. That's condemnation. Never be in condemnation. Because Jesus loves you. He's got a purpose and a destiny. He's on your side. 
But conviction's another thing. Conviction turns us to change because we can repent and we can walk again in freedom. Amen? And that's where God wants you this morning. He wants you to know his love. We've heard that already. He wants you to know his love. Not condemnation. He wants to take those burdens and anxieties and worries and replace them with faith and the assurance of eternal life. If you have the desire to change and grow in these things, God is for you and he will make you a success. Set your heart on walking in this way. His promises, his will, will add all that you need, not just to survive, but to overcome and be fruitful. Come out of that worry-laden life and get into the freedom of worry-free living with God in the Holy Spirit. I read a chapter in a book um, called The Assignments of God by a guy called Jack Damasio. And he translates that verse, verse 33, like this, which is slightly helpful. If you put God first in all your decisions and choices, you will have all the power you need to do what you could never do in your own strength. I like that. I'll read it again. If you put God first in all your decisions and choices, you will have all the power you need to do what you could never, ever do in your own strength. Just think what you can do in God's strength. Let's upgrade our faith, church. Amen? Let's live by faith. Not under condemnation or anxiety or worry. Let's break free of that. Let's go for it.